0: Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. We're continuing our summer programming this week, and so a few more of Accent of Women's snapshots. For listeners that don't remember, snapshots was a series of radio features with women who had recently come to Australia from different countries, We produced a double CD set of 19 stories back in 2011. So while most of us are enjoying the festive holiday season, these snapshots remind us that war continues throughout the world, producing refugees such as these women that you'll hear now. And most importantly, these snapshots remind us that the fight continues and people are still surviving.
1: for six and a half years yeah I didn't come straight from Liberia I am um, I was refugee for a few years in Ghana and there where you know I got the opportunity to you know come here I came with my husband and my daughter Because I didn't know what to expect, so I came with an open mind, even though there was a bit of, you know, cultural shock. But yeah, there were a few things that I didn't expect, even though my mind was open, but yeah, there was still the cultural shock one of it was the way children address older people or younger people address older people it was shocking to me i felt that i was very rude because for our for our society you have to be very respectful to anybody who is older than you for example just to call an older person just by their name for example if you were say you were 50 years old and i'm 20 years i would never call you Giselle i would call you auntie Giselle or mrs you know X or something but then when when I came we were compared to go to English school but then when I went to the English class they said oh you don't have to come here so I went to type so my teacher was about 60 years old and she said she called me Sherry I said no way I'll never call you that she said yeah call me Sherry I said no I'll call you I forgot her surname I'll call you Missy she said no don't call me that my mother-in-law is called that so I was like what I I, I didn't call her name for like two months because I just couldn't bring myself to call her Cheryl. you know. I felt I was going to be insulting her. So that was one of the biggest um, cultural shock and the other one was, you know, how you, you could live with somebody next door to a family for but yeah, you never know them, they'll never say hi. If some some people, even if you say hi, they, they wouldn't answer you, I'll be like, what? You know, because back home, like in a community, everybody knows everybody. You can just walk into the next home and go in the fridge and grab a drink or eat and lie down on the bed or do whatever you want to do. You look after each other's children and stuff like that, but it was so different. That's what I miss most about home, yeah. I think I would say I'm used to it now, cause you know, six years you have to get over it. So I'm used to it. I people who want to be my friend, I'm I'm happy to be their friend. Those who don't want to be my friend it doesn't bother me anymore. Before it used to really bother me. So I know my boundaries, and because of that, I know what to do and what not to do. I, I believe I should keep that culture. I got one daughter, and she—it's like she knows. Um, she um, she calls my African friends auntie or uncle. But there was one occasion where she came to my work, and she called this person. There wasn't at work somewhere else, and she called this you know Aussie person auntie did, and she goes, no, you're not know my auntie. And I felt you know insulted because and for our but then at the end of the day I understood this person culture is different so now she knows the difference you know who, who to call auntie and who not to call auntie I, I like Australia like, basically, most Australians are friendly people. I like, you know, some of the culture, and I like the, um, the freedom, you know, where things are free, you're free to say what you want to say. And another thing that I like is the diversity. You yeah, in Australia, you can see somebody from every part of the world.
2: We left Sudan, which is you know my country of birth, to late 2000, and then we went to Egypt and we stayed in Egypt for four years. Or late 2004, we arrived to um, Australia. When we were in Egypt, you know, we were sort of like applying for humanitarian visas, and we wanted to get out of the country you know, as soon as possible because, you know, life was up there was very hard and it was very, um, very difficult for the family, all of us, you know. And um, what we were doing is my mom would, you know, work very hard to, you know, provide for us and as well as my auntie who is back here who was in Australia then so when we apply for you know the humanitarian visa we would put on a case you know Um, you know why did we leave our country and you know why do we need to you know flee off to Australia or to America if our case is not convincing enough then you know there's a rejection to that and we would have to appeal again and we have to apply again and over and over until we got sick of it and so my auntie um sent us a humanitarian visa we got approved on that and we got our visas and that's how we came to australia so if it wasn't for my auntie who you know tried her best and got us here we wouldn't even be here so excited. I mean, ever since I was in Sudan, I knew that, you know, my auntie was here and obviously life back in Sudan is very hard and difficult. So I've always dreamt of what would it be like to, you know, go to this country to Australia or to America where everything is perfect, you know, and um, that excitement sort of, it was so overwhelming, like I I couldn't wait, you know, in the plane, I didn't even have one hour of sleep because I was just waiting and that, it's about, you know, 18 hours of flight. So when I got to Australia, as soon as I came out of the international department at the airport, I looked around and I see everything so perfect. I mean, comparison to other airports, and I was like, oh my God, this is it, you know, I am here. <laughs> and so when I walked out, I. Walked walked out and I see a lot of people, not so much Africans, but you know, a lot of white people. And I was like, oh, okay, this is it. You know, this is the Westerns, you know, and from what I see in TV, I straight away imagined, you know, that's how it's going to be like, seeing, you know, a lot of people, like maybe I would see a celebrity or something like that, you know, the kind of people that I would see on TV back home. Auntie and her family came to the airport greeting us. It was so nice. We haven't seen her for a long time. Say hello to her and see how her kids have grown and how see us have grown as well, you know. When we got into the car, when um, I walked outside, I see greenery, I see a lot of cars, I see lots of, you know, signs and rules and I see a lot of people, I see taxis in one place. It's completely different to back home, like you, you see a taxi over a bus, over a lorry, over something, you know, that crowded place. It was so in order, you know, everything was running smooth and I said well. I am in paradise. And th- that was my first impression. I said, no, everything is going to turn to the barrel right now. Um, nothing can ever go wrong. Everyone seems to be happy. Everyone is dressed well, you know, people have cars, people have, you know, all these nice things that I've never had in my life so that, that was an excitement and I, I, and I was looking forward to the next day to the next month you know and when I went home I when I went to bed I didn't want to go to bed because I thought it was just a dream and when I woke up the next morning it was in a dream you know so I was very happy with that until you know things started to come to reality to me. In the first year, I didn't really connect as much to the community because I didn't really have the language, didn't know how to speak English at all. And when I came here, I was taken to the language center to learn English. It was a very nice place because then I get to see people who are like me, who didn't know how to speak English well, so then you know, I won't feel bad that you know I don't know how to speak English or anything. It's a pretty welcoming and very caring place that you know um, newly arrived people feel that they are at home and they feel comfortable within the community i didn't have much to do with it i was very afraid to sort of get out there into the community i was so down like i didn't have any confidence that yeah i i belong here this is just what i can call my home I then decided that this is how it's going to be then then I finished my language school then moved into high school and that was a different case because then everyone was perfect and you know, everyone was speaking perfect English and where I was just learning just a quarter of the language. So it was very difficult, I hated high school. I was always belittled, I felt like I, not so much of nothing because then my family would make me feel like we were in it together.
3: I'm from Sierra Leone, but my husband is from Liberia, so when he went to Sierra Leone from the war, because there are a lot of war going on in Liberia, so he fled to Sierra Leone. That's where we met in Sierra Leone, and he was in this refugee program, so he stopped my name in. So when the, when the, uh, his name came up to come to Australia, so I was included, so that's why we am Well, even though there was war in Sierra Leone too, the war was very terrible. Because when my husband fled to Sierra Leone, he thought maybe things is fine there. But that the worst time for him. And because there was a lot of war going on, and the cutting ants, chopping ants, Um, legs, it was burning houses, it was terrible, no food, no water to drink and we have curfew and during that curfew we are allowed to come out from the house, 6 o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the afternoon everybody should be in, nobody should come out, you come out they cut you, you are dead. So it was really terrible for us. head of church as head of the church I'm in charge of the women group in the church every most of the Sundays we meet after church discourse program and way forward for the women in the church and activities for the church so a lot of work going on We usually come and we have right now the main program we're having now is we're preparing um, causes for the women computer class to go on so that the main project I'm undertaking now because I've attended a lot of training with C CMY in down in the city um, for that. So soon, by the grace of God in January, we're going to start um, computer training for the women in the church, so to encourage them with the kids to help them with their learning and studies in school. Still keeping that because we don't want the culture to fail as Africans, you know, so we still stand by what we stand by. For example, as African women, especially for our kids, the kids are bound to respect elders. We don't allow children to call elders by their names. For example, even I don't allow kids to call me even, They have to say either auntie or miss, but you don't call me by my name. So these are these are the cultures that we really some of. There are great things that we stand by, we stand on that we don't want just to go off like that because we come to Australia. Because once one thing we observe when we come to Australia, a lot of cultures go away because of the system here in Australia. So the kids change, even the adults too change because back there in Africa, a lot of facilities are not there like here. So when most of us come here, things change. So, some of them turn away from the church, some of them turn, turn away from the cultures there and forget and start coping with things there in Australia. Some of the cultures there in Australia is good, but some of them we are not able to stand them.
4: <laughs> I
3: really do li- like living here because I can't say I will go back. I will go home to visit my family, but I can't stay there anymore because it's very hard. There are no food, no, a lot of things. Yeah, they always call me. We are suffering here, so it's better here.
5: Kamara, I'm from Liberia. Me, my children, my children, myself, here we live in Sunshine. I came here 2005, January 18. We came here with women raped, called World war in our country. We ran away, we went to Danene. Then they were fighting in Danene again. We ran away, we came to Guinea. There, were were here, Australian government help all Australia being helpful to me but being that I'm one, I'm single, paying rent for myself, I do everything for myself. It can give me heart and body we are doing well because when I was in my country, government don't give me money, they don't give me anything for a year children going to school, but still they won't hire on me. I pay rent, and 1400 and they later, where I do doing, when I moved from there, I pay everything, I can't get nothing. Even my son is disabled, they used to getting little money, but I don't know, when I started, when I, when I was working now, when I started working, they can't get nothing to my son again, so I decided to go to Centrelink, and asked them why they can't give me money again. My son with me and the last time again, the time of living reservoir, I applied for government house. I went to a meat factory, we packed yeah, some pack meat. Sometimes my friend they can help me and bring me home because I just see my nursing from me recently. I yeah, ma, my, my L. I get my L recently, So I decided again to go to Sentai. So they will give me a Somebody will teach me how to drive and go to work and come home. But so then I can pay a and come home. Yeah, they can be hard on me. Liberia, they say they're voting there now. But I had to call them and hear what's going on, but they voting there now. We don't we, we won't hear the result yet, but they're voting now. My family in Liberia, but I don't know where they are. Some people were in in Guinea when they run away, because our power, our ma, we don't know. When they were well, we don't know what the so they are. La- so when I left in Africa, and when I left in Liberia, I leave my people there. My brother there, there, but now I call when my children were in Guinea, I called, I asked them, they say, one of my brother not dead, they don't know one of my brother's is. Dead. So, my, one of my daughter and my brother, they in Guinea now. Stay, my daughter stay behind me. I'm not terrified my daughter to be behind me. And she now live there and born again. She's in, in, in Guinea. So, all those things, I can be worried about it. My man not there, I don't know where my man is, I don't know where my papa My sister and brother, I don't know. Only one brother there. The guy is there, they got children. So my children partner there, she alone there. She is now born there. Just how she, she will lay there, I save money there all the time. And I want her to come to me. Made her 20 years old now.
4: sailed away from Liberia I came to Australia 2005 or October 5th 2005 I came to Australia because of war in my country um, I left my country because of the war in 2002 I mean 19, 1992. I went to Africa coast, and then from Africa coast, I went to Guinea. I left from Africa because of Africa war II here when a uh, war broke out in Africa coast. And then I carried some of my children along with me in Guinea. And then 2005, Australian government were able to take me from there and then brought me in Australia. I walked along through the bush and then I got to Africa. I had seven children but six were with me and the other one she was with different people during the Liberian war and then she was able to travel with different people, different families to uh, America. And then they six, they say were with me and then when I got to to Guinea, I put in application for them to come and they all came. They are here with me. All six. The one who made them sick. The other one she in America it, it was Difficult for me, even from Liberia to Africa, and again from from Africa to Guinea, because we walked through the bushes and we no food for all, there was no food for us to eat. I spent two months on a journey walking here, and then from I mean from Africa to Guinea, I spent. Two and a half months. The can. is called Canadian Camp. Before the uh, United Nations used to take care of us, they were giving us food, but later on, they stopped giving food. Some problems that I'm facing is I don't have a fitting place right now to live. The house that I'm living in now is very old. Mm, Right now, I'm working with children. They are taking care of children. I have five kids right now and I'm taking care of I've been doing it for just one moment. The difficulty is where well, enough from Australian people uh perceive I want to drive but I don't know how to drive and, and then they the house I live in, I want to I I want a good house to, to be living in. A place where it'll be good for me and a case that I'm taking care of.
0: That was a selection of Accent of Women Snapshots, a double CD set of 19 stories of women who had recently come to Australia from other countries. Snapshots was produced by me, Giselle Hanna, with the support and assistance of Juliet Fox from 3CR, and the CDs were released in 2011. And that's all we have time for on today's program of Accent of Women. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website. That's 3cr.org.au. And that's the digit 3, not spelt out in letters. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hannah and I look forward to your company again next week.